prepare yourselves for a journey through history. Get equipped for adventure. Grab your power gloves and super scopes, for it's dangerous to go alone. This is the Legend of Retro. Welcome everyone to this week's episode of the Legend of Retro. I am the Glitch, representing Italy today in our fantastic tournament of events. With me is Craig WK. I represent Germany. <laughs> and Chaps. Um, Lebanon's not represented in this game, so I guess I'm the crowd. Yay. <laughs> well, today we are talking about Nintendo World Cup for the NES. Craig, give us the rundown. Developed by Technos Japan and released in December of 1990 on the Nintendo Entertainment System, this soccer game features a variety of nations playing against each other in a cartoony style. Is it, Technos Japan. Is it high school teams, or are they actually World Cup teams? Oh, I, I, I got confused by that. Oh, oh <laughs> shops. You have no idea what I'm about to <laughs> unload on the listeners. Are you ready for this? Should I just leave now? Should I have not asked this question? Uh, come back I mean, in like five a, minutes. I would say it's, it's, a, it's a good question, but yes, you are very confused. So, this game in Japan is Neket's High School Dodgeball Club Soccer. The fourth game in the Kunio-kun uh, series. This is the same universe as River City Ransom. Yeah, it's the fourth one that came to the NES. It's uh-huh. the fourth uh, Kinokun. Is that how you pronounce it? Kinokun? Kuniokun. Kuniokun, yeah. Because we had uh, Renegade, mm-hmm. River City Ransom, Super Dodgeball, then this game, and then later we got uh, Crash and the Boys. Yes, indeed. So, uh, so yeah, you're, you're, you're on to something there, Chops. The Japanese version doesn't use different nations, it's all about 13 high schools battling it out to see who's the champ. Oh, okay. So so it's a translation issue is what you're saying. I, basically. So uh, essentially, and I think the, the, the humorous title being the, the fact that it's a dodgeball club playing soccer, I think that's not only a play on the fact that the previous game was a dodgeball game, uh, but I think it's also likely the fact that the... Uh, the, the the game has a story in the Japanese version. And if I had to wager a guess, I haven't looked into this, but I would guess that the the dodgeball club gets suckered into being, uh, you know, the soccer team for the school and going to war essentially with all these other schools. Uh, but for those who aren't in the know, uh, it's all based upon a series out of Japan called Neket's Koha Kunio-kun, which roughly translates into hot-blooded, tough guy Kunio. <laughs> which, oh, okay. Which, it's all essentially, uh, if you've ever, have you seen the art of Kunio, and he's in that, like, that weird white uniform? No. Uh, if you're familiar with River City Ransom, Renegade, things like that, you'll see that him in that, like, kind of weird uh, uniform uh, that was the school uniform for a lot of high schools in Japan in the 1970s into the 80s. Okay. And essentially, this series, especially in River City Ransom, but you know, also you see it in the Japanese version of this game. Uh, it's all kind of a a, a a play on 
the Japanese street punks from the 1980s, apparently, like, you know, gangs and stuff were a big deal in Japan in the, the 80s, or at least were portrayed that way in media, whether it was a big problem or not is, you know, up for debate from this American dude talking. Uh, but uh, yeah, it's this kind of trope that began in the 70s uh, with a lot of manga where it's all about, like, street combat amongst all these, like, punks. Like, you know, people... I think that's, that's a pretty universal thing of that era, of the 70s to early 80s, even in our films. Oh, sure. Like, tons of, of, yeah, yeah. gang-related type things. I, I think that may have coincided with, like, the war on drugs, maybe? But, like, uh, yeah, it's just, like, unfortunately for us as, as dumb Americans... Um, it's extremely prevalent in the Japanese culture that we, we consume. Oh, for sure. Yeah. It's, you know, let's face it. It's, I'm sure it's not like it was a huge deal for most people throughout everyday life, but certainly in the media that was, you know, being created and then was eventually brought over, uh, uh, here, you know, there's a, one of my favorite manga is a manga called worst and it's all about. Like, you know, punks at a high school who want, one of them wants to be the strongest guy in the, like, entire city. And it, that's all it is. It's him fighting dudes. And it's sweet. Uh, I mean, that's one of, one of my favorite animes, Yu Yu Hakusho, is basically that. Yeah, Yu Yu Hakusho is, has a lot of those uh, cliches and stuff. And so, yeah, this, in the Japanese version of this game, uh, you have that aesthetic. And you can see it in all the character sprites. Because they're almost the same as they are in Super Dodgeball and yep. River City Ransom. Yeah, and so like in the Japanese version, it's you play as this one high school and you fight all the other high schools, and then at the end, uh, the the girl at the school kisses all the boys. Hooray! Uh, yeah. Uh, so I watched I watched the cutscenes of, of the Japanese version, and it's way more entertaining, I will say, than the World Cup version that we got. <laughs> one one girl kisses all the boys. Yeah. I think that's worse than no girl kissing any of the boys. Yeah, oh yeah, for sure. That's awkward and weird, and I don't like that. Uh, yeah, I didn't watch the translated version of it, but I got to watch all the cutscenes. There is, there's like an intro to like the story. They're like on the beach playing dodgeball and volleyball, and then all of a sudden they're like, "Hey, let's go play soccer!" And then they so they they go <laughs> join this soccer club and <laughs> start playing soccer against all the high schools. That's so weird. Like, think about it in, in an American sense. An American gang who's just like, hey, let's go play soccer. <laughs> to me, yeah. just like, guys in, like, leather jackets with, like, weird metal spikes on the shoulders, fingerless <laughs> gloves, boots, playing <laughs> soccer, and it does not flow at all. It does not, it does not work. I, I love that. Uh, so, I... I have some trivia for the two of you. Are you ready for this? Let's do it. So here is a list of all of the countries that are represented in uh, Nintendo World Cup. Are you ready? Yeah. Argentina, Brazil, Cameroon, England, France, West Germany, Italy, Japan, Mexico, the Netherlands, Soviet Union, Spain, and the United States. Here's a question. Which country from that list did not technically exist anymore when this game released in America? Soviet Union. Soviet Union? What's your guess uh, there, Glitch? So, 
Are you sure it's Soviet Union? Because it says Russia when I play. Uh, in the original version, it's Soviet Union, yeah. Oh, okay. That's weird. Uh, yeah, mine says Russia. But yeah, so Soviet Union, Union is my guess. Well, then you would be wrong. Oh, interesting. West what? Germany was officially oh. unified on October 3rd, 1990. The Soviet Union didn't dissolve until December of 91. Oh, geez. Timing there. Right? I uh, I saw that list, uh, uh, and I was just like, "What? wait, West Germany? I was like, why do they specify West Germany? And yeah, while this game was being developed, they were essentially working on, like, uh, unification plans and stuff to, to you know, combine the, the nations once more into only one Germany, which is what we have today. Okay. One unified Germany. Indeed. To one nation under God. In soccer. So, what else do we got? So, yeah, so to Americanize it, they just changed it to World Cup. Had 13 different countries and in this game you can select what team whereas in the japanese version you're just at high school so like there's no way you're not going to choose like brazil right like didn't they have a really solid soccer team in the 90s so there's or like better teams i don't think they do actually each team does have different stats oh because you're playing as the like what the computer would be using in the japanese version right yeah, so in this game, there's an order in which you play the countries, depending on which country you pick, obviously. And Cameroon is the weakest one, and Argentina is the final team. But technically, according to the stats, Italy has the strongest players. Italy does. Oh, good on Italy. Um, uh, what if they're part of that? Uh, hidden Italian, agenda? Hidden agenda, Italian hidden, that's how they got their better powers that the Illuminati pays off the judge, the, the, the refs. I don't know what you're talking about. I get it. Mum's the word. Know. Continue. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so so in this game, you can knock players out and they will stay down until the half is over. And th- so technically, characters have experience points, which is like their health, and they have like a defense strengthness where if a ball comes at them they can either block it or get totally wiped out by it that's amazing and as as you go down the the teams get stronger and stronger technos japan were mad men because river city ransom is a beat-em-up with all those rpg elements this is just insane to me that this is a soccer game with rpg elements that's insane greg how well do you think this game would sell modernized in a mobile platform uh, i think this would be an amazing mobile game with those weird rpg elements i honestly i i think you're right i mean soccer in america is not very popular uh it just it, it's catching on more and more as time goes by more and more people are are into it for sure uh but the world over oh yeah this would in the in the unit or in the the world market for a, a game like this, I think yeah, it would probably do really well. Well, look at a uh, golf story. I mean, I haven't put much time into that, but that's essentially an RPG surrounding golf. Yeah, and you're they right. can literally just do that with soccer. Man, and I, I mean, I would should play not it. have said this on this recording. <laughs> copyright, hurry up! Someone, <laughs> someone, someone mail this episode to themselves so we can copyright it. 
uh, uh, but get on yeah, that, so listeners. There are uh, so there are different modes in this. There's a tournament mode where you pick a team and you uh, you face all the countries to get the World Cup, and then there's also a versus mode where some for some reason you can only choose like five teams. You don't get to choose all any you know one of the thirteen. It's only selected from the five. But in that mode, you can do four players. Oh, so you got to get a yes. multi-tab. So you got to get the the four score, which is something we had growing up. So guess what? Me and my brothers, we would play World Cup all together at the same time. Man, that's really? cool. Yeah. That's really cool. I, I, one of my, so my brother being eight years older than me, we didn't play games a lot together because his interests were way different than mine. But one thing I always wanted to do was get a multi-tap and have like me, my brother or my dad and one of my brother's friends like play a game together on the Nintendo in a multi-tap setting. Um, but we never got the multi-tap and I don't think he had any interest at the time to do that. <laughs> I always wanted the multi-tap for the Super Nintendo. Uh, honestly, as a kid, I didn't know that a multi-tap existed for the Nintendo. For the NES, the NES, oh, yeah, yeah. You didn't know it until just now. I did, well, I mean, I've I've known it in more recent years, but as a kid, oh. I had no idea. Yeah. yeah, I don't remember where we got that from. I, I bet you it was something my mom had picked up at like Target or something on a really good sale. It's like a and weird like, arrowhead or triangle, right? Yeah, it. Uh, Listen, we're recording a, a podcast. You can't show them. It's, it's fine. I won't. I was going to show it to you guys, to explain it, but yeah, it, it is like a little triangle shaped, and it's kind of like on a slant. And that's where all four plugs go in. And the adapter part that plugs into the NES is like the two ports. Well, you so know, it, it takes up both ports. Well, you know why your mother bought that, right? Well, because there was three boys in the house. Right. Yeah. To shut you guys up and make sure that there wasn't so much fighting. <laughs> like that's that's a, a primo mother move. That's a Smooth solid move. parent maneuver. Smooth move, mom. Yeah. Good. Good on you, uh, Mama Glitch. Mama glitch. Good, good on you for for keeping the boys' mouths shut for as long as possible in the day because Lord knows they weren't shut that often. And she was cooking spaghetti and picking up four square multi taps. <laughs> well, well, Dad, without meeting with the Italian Illuminati, <laughs> you shut your mouth, chops. Oh, sorry, it's too much again. Continue. Uh, but yeah, so in another aspect of this game is they had the super shot. Oh, yeah. And each team had their own super shot. And on the United States team, actually, each player had their own version, too. The... What is the super shot? What was that? What's the super shot? Yeah, so if you did a bicycle kick or, like, a, a header, when the ball was coming at you, it would do, like, a very powerful shot that the goalkeeper would have a very difficult time stopping, depending on what team you were facing. Because obviously the goalie for Argentina and West Germany and Italy had a better ability of stopping a super shot, but it was basically like an automatic goal. Like if you aimed it right, you got it. It's a goal. Yeah, it's honestly the animation for it is so fun and so anime. Like uh, your guy will jump in the air, do the bicycle kick, and then it goes like whoosh, 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 and then like spins in the air and then just bolts into the goal. It's so like an anime. It's amazing. Yeah, depending on, so each team had their own, it would do like a zigzag, it would do like a cyclone thing, it would split into two balls and combine and then shoot towards the goal. It was absolutely oh, crazy, the different so yeah, versions they had. Just anime shots, basically. Oh, yeah. It's, it's so, <laughs> it so cartoony. Cool. I love it. 
Yeah. Uh, uh, but so there is a hidden thing which I didn't even know about until during research, doing research for the show. Mm-hmm. And uh, apparently, each team, depending on how many steps you take with that player, can do a super shot just with the basic kick ball button. Oh, really? Yeah. So. I, I know, like, Japan, it's only, like, three steps. It's, like, one of the shortest ones. So as soon as you get the ball, if you take three steps and then kick the hit the kick button, it'll do the super shot. Oh. And you only get five super shots per half for your team. But after that point, the three steps will do a very powerful kick. It won't be, like, a super shot, but it'll still be super fast for the defenders to uh, to stop. How uh, How good were you at this game? I mean, I, I got the World Cup. It's not super difficult or anything like that, as long as you, you know, can can score your five shots and not get scored on enough to, to win the game. It's it's not a hard game to beat. Okay. Craig, do you were you good at this game? I never played it as a kid, honestly. I never owned it. Uh, I had uh, uh, briefly talked about uh, this with Glitch previously, but I didn't have a lot of sports games uh, as a kid. Uh, I owned, like, Blades of Steel as a kid, and, like, that's about it. I didn't really have a lot of sports games. So, I, I, this is a game I've developed an appreciation for in more, you know, recent years. Uh, you know, for the fact that it's from Technos Japan, and it's associated with, like, River City Ransom, which is, you know, one of my favorite Nintendo games of all time. Yeah, we didn't have a lot of sport. Well, okay. We had the obscure Nintendo sports games. Uh-huh. So we had, like, track and field. We had Blades of Steel, of course. Sure. Hockey. Caveman games. Oh, no. I mean, we had caveman games going up. Oh, yeah. no. But, like, this is the extent of my sports. Like, <laughs> was not uh, California games, you know? Like, not yeah. anything, like, grounded in, like, what I would call a triple-A sport. Oh, okay. oh. I take it back. I did have one other sports game. Uh, I had 720, the skateboarding game. Oh, <laughs> Skitchin? Is it Skitchin 720 or is it just 720? It was just 720, I think. Yeah. Uh, at okay. least the one for Nintendo, yeah. Uh, yeah, so I had that. So yeah. I'm surprised you guys didn't play it because this was a very popular game. Like, it sold a ton of copies. Mm-hmm. It, uh, it sold 1.48 million copies uh, worldwide. And it was the 46th best-selling game on the NES. Well, I was three when this game came out, and Gosh. I didn't pick out the... So you didn't play Super uh, Mario Bros.? Uh, well, I mean, that's like came with the system, basically. You didn't play Super Mario Bros. 2 or 3? And let me finish, Glitch. Um, my brother picked out all the games, and then my sister picked out all the games, and I did not see my sister picking this as a game she would want. I will say... Uh, I never even played this uh, when I was younger because at, like, the video store, the box art didn't appeal to me. Yeah. It, it's The box art is fairly bland for the American version. Yeah. You know, it's... I will say this is one of those cases where the translation doesn't do it justice. Honestly, I think that uh, I get what they were going for. They wanted to Americanize it. They wanted it to be a very regular sports game rather than this cartoony style one that it was which is why they got rid of the story mode and characters and high school aspect. But honestly, I don't think that that would have really mattered that much to kids. I think that, you know, if you got this game 
maybe change the name, you know, from its Japanese version. That's fair enough. That would be misleading if it was like, the dodgeball club <laughs> takes on soccer. It's like, what does that mean? You know, I get that. But, uh, yeah, honestly, I feel like they could have had the high school aspect. And it's not like kids would have been like, oh, that's dumb. They just would have been playing high schools instead of countries. You know? well, I think the big selling point was the fact they slapped Nintendo on the name of the game. Very few video games have Nintendo in the title of the video game, right? That's true. This is the best-selling game with Nintendo in the title. It's also uh, Technos Japan. A weird stat. Yeah, it's also Technos Japan's best-selling game. Is oh, it? Wow. Yeah, it outsold any of the Double Dragons and River City Ransom. It sold more than those. I mean, I guess sports games are, uh, you know, yeah, they they do they do have like a fluff when the when it comes to stats with selling and stuff because they do they have they have two different markets. They have the sports market and then they have the gaming market. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think that especially back in the the eighties, you know. I think that, uh, like Chops has said, you know, it was what his his brother, it was his dad, his maybe his sister buying these games, and so you know, if if it's if it's someone older who never really played games when they were really young, it was sort of they were into other things, and the video games were an accompaniment to that. I think that you had more people that were like, well, yeah, I love soccer, I love basketball i love hockey i'm gonna get video games of that to do these things that i like when i'm not doing the things i like right and also like if it if the anime was as was more popular than or manga i guess in that era i think this probably would have done a little bit better too oh yeah i could see that uh you know that that stop like keeping that story in if manga was a thing but heck manga had what another uh uh, 10 years to become super underground, not even anywhere near popular. Like, yeah, it was yeah, so right. long off. It was the core of the earth <laughs> underground. Yeah, and basically. Then it mantle. Heck, when manga started to become popular in America, like, well, popular is a strong word. When it came to America, I didn't even know it existed for years after that, you know? And I'm a giant nerd when it comes to that stuff. I... But yeah, this is a super interesting game. Uh, the the fact that it has RPG elements in this soccer game and stats and stuff is real neat to me because, you know, like in something like Tech Mobile, you know, you have uh, uh, Bo Jackson, who's who's great. You know, you, you have things like that, but not necessarily full-on RPG elements with like block stats and you know things of that nature yeah, yeah so get that for sports games until at least for me and sega when i played like the nhl series games mm-hmm. when you're creating characters and building out stats yeah and uh so something we used to do is as, as kids because the players have a health i guess is what they would call it and once you knock them down enough times uh they'll just lay flat until the half is over so what we would do is just go and knock down all the players on the other team and then score because it just felt more fun that way. Uh, but what's funny is if their health gets low enough they'll try and tackle you and instead of you, you getting knocked over they'll just fall over and keep doing it until they pass out that's ridiculous uh, the... which actually uh sorry go ahead craig i was just gonna say there there is a in unmistakable distinct charm of the technos japan games 
in the Kunio Kun series. And that is so River City Ransom that I love it. Uh, so, Chops, did you check out the speedrunning on this? I, I did. I, w- I was going to ask you live on this episode are you going to beat the speedrun record? No. <laughs> so, because uh, it is a fresh record that could be beaten by you. So, uh, I won't because the guy who has the record has a ton of NES records and he could easily overtake me on any of the records I have. If I was like, I'm going to get this record. Uh, but uh, it is, it is a very simple record and he obviously knows he could do a better time. It wasn't perfect. Um, but basically all it is, it's kind of just like how, you know, we mentioned tech mobile in the episode, the tech mobile record is just pass the ball, avoid the players until the half is over. And then at the last minute score. This is essentially the same thing. Oh. He, uh, you know, scores a goal, finds a player, beats him up until he lays flat, and then uh, gets on, um, stays in an area where there's no players because apparently the clock actually runs faster if there's less players on the screen. So he would move himself so that there was no players on the screen and that the person next to him was knocked out so he wouldn't come after him and just sit there and just sit there. And just sit there oh, until the half is over. It's one of the most boring speed runs I've ever watched in my entire life. <laughs> no way to, to speed up the match. Can you mercy rule? No, I don't oh. know if you can mercy rule because I no, you probably can't because I know you can score ninety nine goals in this game. I was gonna oh say God. the uh, in the playthrough I was watching for research for this, uh, they had scored like nine goals, and the other side hadn't scored anything and the game was still going i don't think there's a mercy rule yeah you can score 99 goals i know that i think anything more than that it just stays at 99 the ref just goes home to go to to kind of come back to my point about this world record uh craig this record was set a week ago what yeah what do you mean a week ago it's why i feel like the glitch could do this (laughs) glitch i'd like you before this episode releases to go ahead and get that world record. Could you do that for me? I I will sit down and I will try and strategize to see if I can play this. I might not do world record. I'll purposely get second. So I don't have someone chasing after me for a record. Whoa, 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 whoa. That's that's coward talk. If he got this a week ago, why would he chase after you? (laughs) Craig, not only is is this world record well, he had the record before, before that. Like he didn't, he hasn't just had the record for a week. He had the record previous okay, to that. But, it was but, a better I'm, time. I'm explaining to Craig that it's the only record on this game. It is the only record on this. Listen, if you go to speedrun.com, it's the only record there. Listen, there is no second. Listen, if this guy can get it done in a week, you can get a world record by the time this episode releases. I think that's fair. All right, I'll do it. I'll do it. I promise I'll do it. Good. And it's, and it's only the record for the one player. There I'm isn't one for the two player or anything. So that, and that's I'll all. do it with Italy, which isn't which. Uh, he did it with Argentina while eating a bowl of spaghetti. Well, eating a bowl of spaghetti. It's uh, the uh, uh, spaghetti run, right? Is it that what uh, the that speed run is called? Yeah, I, I mean, technically, I could do it. He, you could hear him like watching TV and laughing in the background as he's sitting and waiting for the character to for the for the for the half to end. So bad. <laughs> I really hope that it's a video of you playing this, <laughs> and it's you eating spaghetti. I'll eat spaghetti, pizza. It's just a car the, the risotto. The, I'll have like deli sandwiches, cheese. 
Oh, God. That would be marvelous. Uh, so there is an exploit in this game, uh, mm-hmm. and it's, it's, it's kind of stupid, but if you go towards your own net, stand in front of it and press the pass button, so like you're passing to the goalie, the ball will go in the net, but it'll count against the other team. What? What? So you could literally just do that over and over and win the game. That's amazing! Yep. That's that's exactly how I would play. <laughs> you can hilarious. do it as many times as you want. Oh, that's great! Yeah, it's it's pretty it's pretty broken. It's a pretty broken thing in a soccer game. Yeah, I would say so. Oh, uh, we brought up the speed run. Did uh, what was the time on that speed run? Did we say that? One Ooh, hour fifty four minutes seven seconds. So two hours. Just under two hours. And it's like six minutes of gameplay. <laughs> that's so it's sad. It's totally doable. I will say, I I love the sprite work in this game. River it's City right. Ransom in those type of games that have a charm to them with the sprite work. That's just like cute to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it is a very cartoony style uh, where they're kind of squat and uh, uh, like their limbs and stuff are really like big. Uh, I yeah, I really enjoy the art style for these games. Uh, this. Uh, like you said, River City Ransom, Super Dodgeball, uh, Crashing the Boys. Like, all of them have a really, really interesting art style. I, a really unique art style. We also, we don't we didn't give props to the person who has the record. It's DJ Bunya. Bunyan. Bunyan, is that how you pronounce it? Yes, DJ Bunyan. DJ Bunyan, glitch is coming for you. No, I'm not. Don't do this to me. <laughs> <laughs> he's coming for you, and he dares you to take on his records. He can't wait double look. dares you. What? Can't wait till this episode posts, oh, and I man. secretly change the description to call out DJ. Buddy. Oh my god! I uh, oh, we did the G we did the GI Joe episode years ago, and on the on the episode, I jokingly said, "Oh, Tarbash, you don't have a better contra time than me. You're trash." And the day that episode came out. He broke my world record in rescue. <laughs> I don't know whether or not that was intentional or just coincidence. But ever since then, I've been like, I can't say anything because I'm so worried about yeah. the speedrun community being like, oh, the glitch guy, go after him. Because <laughs> that's yeah. all I need. Yeah, because there's just a big collective of people going after you. But we need to get him on the show and ask him if he listens to the podcast and know <laughs> the truth. I, uh, uh, yeah, I think that uh, we should bring him on. <laughs> we should bring him on and challenge him to take <laughs> no, the glitches records. Yeah, we'll mail him a white glove and tell him to slap his face, his own face with it. <laughs> At the same time, Glitch will do it back to himself. Oh, can you imagine if we if the Glitch had no idea we did that and we sent a white glove <laughs> to him and it was just with a note that said, slap yourself with this from the Glitch. <laughs> That would be amazing. So, anyways, are you guys ready to talk about the music? No, not let's entirely. Talk more, let's talk more about this white glove slap fest. Oh, <laughs> uh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. We can, we can, we can do music now. All right, let's let's hear a word from one of our partners, and then we'll go ahead and jump into the music. 
Hey, it's me, everybody, Tim Kittrow. I'm here to talk to you about Old School Gamer. Old School Gamer is the magazine for gamers. It covers arcade and retro gaming, gives you gaming history and in-depth interviews with people like me who are there, and it lets you know what conventions are happening and when. Issues come out once every other month. Plus, a website full of even more razzle-dazzle, and it's all for just 30 bucks a year. So visit OldSchoolGamer.com and subscribe now. Whoa, The music was composed by Kazuo Sawa, who also worked on Renegade, The Battle of Olympus, Super Dodgeball, River City Ransom, Totally Rad, and one other game that blew my mind that I didn't believe and I had to look it up myself. X-Men Mutant Wars for Game Boy Color. Is that a weird one to you guys, or is it just me? It's kind of odd, right? It sounds just like his work. It has to be him. I, I looked it up, and in fact, it's funny. I, I looked up the game, and apparently a lot of people hated on it, and reviewers of the time said that, you know, it was, uh, uh, like, the controls were really clumsy and awkward, but they praised the music. And so I thought that was very fitting. So... We're going to go ahead and uh, uh, play some of the music. Now, before we get to the main themes, uh, I think it, it is worth discussing the racial stereotypes. Yeah, they're, they're in the game. There's... Well, it's hard not to discuss them. I, I guess racial stereotype might not necessarily be the right phrasing. Like... Ethnic? Ethnic, is that, is yeah. Ethnic part? prejudice? Uh, that we get in the music, it's it's very I, cliche. Ethnic influenced, maybe. I wouldn't say the word prejudice. I would just say generalized. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. Yeah, I uh, I will say that the the England and Holland team are the most pale thing I've ever seen in a video game. <laughs> <laughs> so speaking of England, every so let's lay, lay the groundwork. So every uh, country has its own theme. And here's the interesting part. This is the westernized version because the, you know, the high schools from the Japanese version wouldn't have had these themes. So I don't think Kazuo Sawa did these themes. Maybe he did after. Maybe they got him oh, to do it. Maybe. But, yeah, maybe. I didn't think about that. Yeah, but, but in any event, you have uh, uh, themes for every country. And we've brought out the three most stereotypical ones. Uh, so let's first listen to the theme of England. And as we can tell, it's the the theme of London Bridge falling down. Yep. It's, uh, yeah, it's, uh, uh, <laughs> What's that? Charming? Question mark? Sure. Charming with a question mark. Uh, next, up, <laughs> next up is less charming. Uh, it is the theme of Russia. Let's give this one a listen. Hey, it's the theme of Tetris. Yep. A type. A-type, yes. It is, uh, which actually is an actual song from Russia. Yeah, that's true. Uh, oh, what is it called? I don't know Russian very well. 
Coto, uh, I don't know it at all. Coto, Coto Blanc? Coto Blanc? I don't know off the top of my head. I just, yeah, I know they, they pulled it from a Russian song itself. Yeah, I, I believe it's Coto something or other, uh, but I don't remember what it's actually called. Uh, I'll have to look that up later. Uh, but finally, perhaps the most sensitive of them is the theme of Mexico. Let's give this one a listen. Uh, what would that be? La Cucaracha or? Yep. La Cucaracha. Yep. Uh-huh. Cringy. Uh, yep. <laughs> yeah, a little. A little. Wow. I will say, I, I listening to all the tracks, um, Cameroon's theme sounded a lot like the Lost Forest from Ocarina of Time. Huh. I don't know if you guys thought that too when you came across that one. That um, one. At that point, I was just kind of like, all right, what stereotype is this supposed to be? <laughs> um, and well, that's and the I, first I, one you hear. Yeah. Yeah, well, I didn't know I got any better than I guess. Well, let's actually get into the music that we know for sure Kazuo Sawa composed. Uh, and uh, first up, we have uh, the title theme. Let's go ahead and give the title theme a listen. <laughs> guys i don't know if the title theme for a sports game deserves to be that good it it takes some time to get it get going yes it's it's a lot of fun honestly it sounds like something from mega man it kind of does yeah it's very reminiscent uh of mega man in that theme uh now uh, oh uh by the way i uh looked it up it's uh koro uh koro b uh b biniki is the uh, Russian song called The Peddlers, which is the Tetris theme. Okay. Uh, Sorry it took so long. Uh, But uh, uh, next up, we have the verse match theme. Uh, So let's go ahead and give this one a listen.
I really enjoy the verse match theme. That is very fun and almost more lighthearted. Yeah, it almost sounds like an end credit song, doesn't it? it does. or, or Kirby. Yeah, Kirby. I hear that too. I can definitely hear Kirby vibes from that one, for sure. Uh, and finally, uh, we have the semifinal theme. Uh, yeah, so for each section of the game, like the first three matches has its own song. The following three matches has a different song and so on and so on until you get to the, the finals. But uh, yeah, this is the one Chops picked, right? Uh, yeah, and myself. I also really enjoy okay. this one. Uh, so, you know, quite a few of us enjoy this one. Let's give the semifinal theme a listen. say that's fully like a Mega Man song, but does it remind you of like maybe like the end scene? Maybe not the credits, but like an end scene in a Mega Man game? Yeah, yeah like a, we were at like Dr. Light's lab or something like that or you're running yeah. away from yeah. a, a building or something? Yeah, I, uh, I I definitely get those kind of vibes from that and uh, yeah, Kazuo Osawa uh, you know, didn't do a ton of video game soundtracks uh but I really enjoy his work. I, I, he's probably, and it's a lot of nostalgia for River City Ransom, I'm sure. But uh, uh, he's probably one of my favorite composers on the Nintendo. Yeah, I will say all the tracks in this game are amazing. Like all the versus matches, you know, tracks, all the tournament tracks, they're fantastic. And I would almost argue on the NES, this is probably the best soundtrack for a sports game. I think I would agree with that. There, yeah. There's. I, I mean, know Tech, Tech Mobile wait, wait, wait. has a. Sorry, what were you saying, Chops? The whole NES. This is the best soundtrack on a sports game. Yeah, like Tech Mobile definitely has a great intro song, but the rest of the soundtracks, you know, I could I could leave, take it or leave it. But I think this one just all around is fantastic. I, I put a claim in the Discord, GameZillaMedia.com. Find our Discord. Prove the glitch wrong. If you can find a better sports game on the NES soundtrack than this one. I don't know. 
if you're wrong. I think you're right, Glitch. I think you might be onto something there. I think this might be, yeah. I, uh, I, I don't think that there is a better soundtrack on the Nintendo for a sports game. Because this game also has an incredibly varied soundtrack for a sports game. And let's face it, a lot of sports games didn't have a lot of music to them. Yeah, it's usually a couple tracks here and there, and this one has something different for every part of the game. Yeah, I, I think this might be the best. I, I I welcome all of our fans to, to who are already in our Discord or uh, who have yet to join to pop on in and uh, prove the glitch wrong. I'd love to hear video game music, so I'm, I welcome it. So if you do find something, I'll probably be happy. I, But guys... What are your final thoughts on Nintendo World Cup? Chops? Um, I, I didn't like the dodgeball game because I was awful at it. Uh-huh. <laughs> Chances are I'd be awful at this game as well. It's pretty. It's cute. It's got good music. I think it's f- a fun concept. It's just not my cup of tea. It's not a game I, I probably will play. Um, mostly because sports games, it's almost like my brain and my hands don't work anymore when I try to play a sports game. So I just, yeah, that, that's where I stand with it. Uh, I feel like I'm, I'm really excited to, to pick up this game and give it a, a bit of time. Uh, because I, uh, I really enjoy the works of Technos Japan especially the Kunio-kun series. I think that there's a lot of charm there. Uh, and I, I, I've i had on my agenda, and I don't know when or if I'll get to it anytime soon, uh, especially with the quarantine and everything going on and COVID. Uh, me and my buddy Andy have talked about how we want to play every Nintendo game ever made, mm. all in the span of a day. What? Yes. It's madness, I know. But we How wanna... many hours are in that day? Don't worry about it. <laughs> Don't you worry about it. And uh, this is a game that I'm excited to get to, to, to uh, uh, not only play it's around better. with myself, but to see his reaction even. Oh, was that Chops? Isn't there like 800 Nintendo games? Yeah, there's like 750-something. Don't worry something. about it. <laughs> well, I'm going to pull up a calculator on my computer and do something. Don't worry <laughs> about it. I. Uh, Glitch, how about your last words? I think it's a fantastic game on the NES. It still holds up. And then when we come out with World Cup Story for the Nintendo Switch presented to you by The Legend of Retro, buy it, play it. It'll be fantastic. Absolutely. I I love that title, not only for the fact that it has Legend of Retro in it, uh, but for a few other reasons. One, we're totally ganking World Cup. Uh, (laughs) But another thing... You gotta get the rights for that, I think. Uh, World Cup? Oh, actually, yeah, it's probably owned by, like, FIFA or whatever. And they're Maybe. monsters, apparently, uh, the organization that runs FIFA. Uh, no, when we, when we come it, out with World Coop presented by the, <laughs> the Legend of Rapture. Yes. World Championship, that's all you gotta say. I, but I also like the fact that it's uh, presented by, uh, like, all current wait, sporting wait. events have. I, got I just it. appreciate it. I got it. it. Legend of Retro Club, uh, Legend of Retro Dodgeball Club. <laughs> Soccer World Cup story. There you go. Yes. That's it. That's the catchiest title I've ever heard. Uh, yes. But Craig, by, by the way, 
uh, that's about 32 games an hour that you'd have to to, to play. Don't worry about it. <laughs> okay. I. But guys, let's go ahead and jump on into our retro rewind. Ready to go back in time? It's retro rewind. Grand Theft Auto 3. Now get into CDI, starting at two ninety nine. Say it. Sega, Sega! The Nintendo Entertainment System. Now you're playing with power. So this game released in December of 1990. So that's where we're taking you guys back to. Now, uh, in in keeping with the, the theme of this game and the trivia that I found, uh, I really wanted to track down a news story that involved uh, West and East Germany. Uh, so... As listeners know, if they've been uh, listening to our Retro Rewinds for a bit, uh, I always go through old newspapers, uh, the Detroit Free Press. Uh, I have access to them because I have a a warehouse filled with old newspapers. And I was hoping you guys would laugh at that because it was supposed to be a joke, but I feel like you guys are just really legitimately believing that I have that. Never mind. You have made that joke every time we do a Retro Rewind. Yeah, you have. Okay, it's fair enough. It's not a joke. I really do have a warehouse of old newspapers. Anyway, I so I'm uh, so I set out to do uh, the task of finding a story involving West and East Germany, uh, and so I was like, man, this is gonna take me forever. You know, there's thirty, you know, roughly thirty days in the month or whatever. I, you know, I, I'm gonna have to go through so many newspapers. Uh, on December second, nineteen ninety, Germany demands. Honecker's arrest. Uh, I was unfamiliar with this. Are you guys familiar with who Eric Honecker uh, is? I do not. He was the general secretary of the Socialist uh, Unity Party of Germany, uh, so East Germany. Uh, he implemented shoot to kill orders on people who attempted to flee East Germany uh, and was one of the people behind the Berlin Wall. At this time, a warrant was put out for him. Uh, for the manslaughter of 68 people who just tried to flee East Germany and were executed for it. Uh, So I did some research into this guy. Apparently for years, he was on the run. The USSR took him in so that he wouldn't get in trouble. The USSR broke apart, and so he didn't have them to rely on, so he tried to escape to Chile. And uh, uh, he ended up getting caught. He got put on trial in, like, 92 and uh, his defense for the trial was that he had liver cancer and that it was inhumane to force him to face trial and go to jail when he was dying. And so sure enough, within a few years in uh, Chile, uh, which is where his, I think his wife lived or no. Yeah, his wife moved there, uh, but his like daughter married someone there. Uh, and yeah, he uh, ended up dying of liver cancer uh years after his horrendous uh uh you know movement in east germany wow such an uplifting story <laughs> they're never fun stories from right. craig until Love they are yeah, that's, it's weird this it's like this the depressing version of the free press exists <laughs> in your life. it's weird uh chops it's the news of the world there's no good right. news it's right, always right. sad news well, well, I, I have, have good news. And so oh. does Chops. What do you got, Chops? Impossible. 
Me first. Okay, let me just tell you. A, a, a Christmas in 1990 for video game kids must have been amazing. I don't remember mine because I was only four. But let me tell you the, uh, the games that came out, not only in Japan, the United States, the world, in UK, they got amazing games. So let me just start off. Worldwide, we got Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 2, the arcade game for the Ooh. NES. Ninja Crusaders for the NES. Hard Driving for the Genesis and Populous for the Genesis and the Super Nintendo. That was worldwide. Wow. In Japan, they got Little Nemo the Dream Maker, Tecmo World uh, World Soccer, Wampum. That's for the NES. For Oh, and also Zombie Nation and uh, Adventures of Lolo 3. For the Turbo Graphics, they got Bomberman. For the Turbo Graphics CD, they got Romna Half. For the SNES, Ooh. they got Act Razor, Final Fight, Gradius 3, Pilot Wings. They got Dragon Crystals for the Game Gear and Wonder Boy 3 for the Genesis. In the United States, for the NES, we got Dirty Harry, Dragon Lair, North and South, Shadow of the Ninja, which we just recently did a retro relapse on, Star Tropics, Little Ninja Brothers, the Mario Duck Hunt World Class Combo, and Ultima 4. For the Master System, Joe Madden Football. And for the Game Boy, Amazing Penguin and Dr. Mario. Wow. Now, nor- normally I don't cover anything that, you know, the pale stuff because it, it's always like super late. But let me tell you, they're late games, but they're amazing. They got Mega Man 2, DuckTales, and Contra for the NES. Oh, 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 oh. that is a solid December for the UK. Uh, I, it might have been late, but you know what? Uh, that's a, a very nice holiday uh, present. I've never had a list like this going through. When I was like going through the days, I was like, "Oh my god, that that's an amazing game! I got to put that on the list." And before I know it, I had like a full page of stuff, and I was like, "This is a great Christmas for kids." Oh, poor parents! <laughs> yeah, right. Oh, I just man. feel bad for the kid that got like wampum instead of Star Tropics or something like that. Yeah, <laughs> racially insensitive wampum. Yeah, no, thank you. Uh, Chuck, oh, what do you have for us? I, I just have two little things. On on December 31st, sci-fi began transmitting on television. The oh. channel sci Oh, nice. I thought it was kind of crazy that it, oh, it that's the first time it started transmitting. Dude, um, dude, I, as a kid, watched the sci-fi channel a ton because they had, cart- uh, they had Transformers cartoon reruns. Uh, and they also had uh, the Ewok cartoon. I watched the heck out of the Sci-Fi Channel when I was uh, a kid. Yeah, they had a lot to offer. Um, but something that would not make... Without this, it wouldn't make our show possible. We wouldn't be doing what we're doing right now without this. On December 20th, the world's first website and server went live at CERN. Oh... Wow. Yeah. It it the first website in the entire world. On what day? Which, on December twentieth, nineteen ninety. And the website itself was hosted on Berner Lee's uh, NEXT computer. And it was just an info page about the World Wide Web project. Is it still up? And so um in twenty thirteen there was a a charity that came to restore that website and to put it out onto the world. And um, I actually have the link. If you guys wanted to go check it out, it's 
http colon backslash backslash info.cern.ch and that's the world's first website that ever was launched december 20th 1990 wow that's uh i i i'm i'm super glad that they brought it back to sort of exist as like a uh 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 kind of a testament to the first web page ever yeah mm-hmm. that's cool yeah it's just it was kind of poetic that this happened so yeah I liked it. I liked that a lot. Almost as much as I liked the sci-fi channel from the early 90s. Yeah, no sci-fi wins. <laughs> it had Transformers reruns. And then eventually anime. Right. Yay. They had uh, uh, the, the very poorly named and kind of unfortunate uh, Saturday Morning Japanimation. Ooh. That's good it was great uh but it was like weird stuff that shouldn't really be aired like demon city like stuff that was way too adult that they had to censor uh oh that showed a lot of weird stuff yeah yeah the 90s were great (laughs) (laughs) anywho uh what do you say we uh uh put the past behind us and go ahead and jump into our music bracket yeah, what do we got this week? Oh, you know it's going to be difficult. I know, I know it's two great songs. I'm sure it, it, it's always two great songs. It's never not two great songs. Well, according to us, it's never not. If you ask the brutish one, oh, that's true. I oh gosh, I can't wait till the finale of the season. Oh, it's going to be such a beautiful train wreck. Oh, I can't wait. Anywho, I first up. From what could be argued to be one of the best Mega Man games of all time, uh, Mega Man 2, composed by Takashi Tateishi, we have the theme of Woodman. Let's give it a listen. an amazing theme yeah i 
think Mega Man 2 is an amazing soundtrack. And I love this song particularly because there's a rapper, Mega Ran, and you should look him up. He does a cover of this song and puts lyrics to it called Grow Up. And it is amazing. I love it so much. Yeah, it, it the the theme for well, all of the music in Mega Man 2 is solid. Uh, yeah. but yeah, the, the the theme of Woodman is is a favorite of a lot of people. Now, Mega Man 2 is is could be argued to be one of the best uh Mega Man games, but Mega Man 7 is my favorite Mega Man game. Sure is. Composed by Toshihiko Horiyama. Uh next up, going against Woodman, we have the theme of Shade Man. Let's go ahead and give it a listen. entirely sure what the point is of a robot made to be a block of wood or a dracula robot but regardless they have amazing music and i'm not entirely sure which way to go yeah fantastic song uh one of the best on Mega Man 7 soundtrack and actually one of the only songs in this bracket that was in a previous bracket oh it was wasn't it we had it on our character theme because uh, Mega Man powered. No, not powered up. What uh, power battle? Uh, power battle. Power battle. Yeah. Yeah. I think it was power battle. Yeah. The the theme of Shade Man is is really cool. Uh, so when it comes to voting, everybody, uh, you have quite a few different options. You have on Facebook, our Facebook page. If you go there, find the Legend of Retro. We have uh, polls that use the uh, reactions. Uh, you have a vote there. We have our Twitter account. We have a vote there every week. If you go to gamezillamedia.com, there's a link to our Discord. Not only do you get to chat with us about, uh, you know, uh, sports video game music on the Nintendo and try to, uh, you know, prove the glitch and I wrong, uh, but you also get a vote there every week with emojis. And then on Patreon, if you give as little as $1 per month at patreon.com slash gamezilla media, you're going to get a vote there as well. 
Uh, but Glitch, what else do our listeners get for being big fans of the Legend of, Ret- Legend of Retro and supporting us? Yeah, so if you want more of the Legend of Retro, you can support us by giving us $5 on Patreon. For that, we give you a bonus episode once a month. So we do all sorts of different things. Uh, at the beginning of this season, we did a draft with LPJ where all of us picked the song. So if you wanted to know who picked, who picked what songs today, or if you're like Chops and you already forgot what songs you picked, go and listen to that episode. Yeah, I'm going to have to do that. And find out uh, who picked what. And, you know, maybe maybe you vote that way. Maybe you're like, I'm a, I'm a big fan of Craig. I want to do his picks, you know. Uh, but it's also good to know what songs are coming up because the first round isn't over yet. So there's tons of more songs to be revealed. Um, but we also have our rhythm of retros. We do rankings and all that stuff. And it's all for you, the fans. And we appreciate you guys giving us any any amount of money. So we want to make sure we give you that bonus content. Yeah, absolutely. It definitely means the world to us that you support us. And while it would mean the world to me that you decide to just always vote Craig, uh, no, follow <laughs> your heart. Choose the song that you think is best or that is your favorite. Uh, you know, there, there's no reason to play favorites, uh, despite the fact that I think I'm the only one who has not won a single practice. <laughs> that's, true. that's true, yes. That is currently correct. Uh-huh. Is I, will, I, I will say it is important to go and hang out in our Discord, too, because um, recently we had a conversation in the Discord that spawned a free Patreon episode. So you never know what might come about when you join our Discord, talking about video game music, talking about different opinions on video games. Uh, it, it, it can spawn all sorts of cool stuff. And actually, that episode is free to everyone, right? It is. Yep, it's free to everybody. Yeah, so we, we had a discussion of soundtracks, SNES versus Sega Genesis. It's a lifelong debate, and it will continue on forever which system was better. But uh, two two of our members had discussed about the music, and we put it up to a vote. We had Deadite from the GameZilla podcast and Sphinx from the Last Action podcast join Chops, and uh, they had a they had a vote off. It was a lot of fun listening to that and hearing yeah. their opinions on retro music because neither of them are, you know, I mean, they've both been guests on uh, the show. Oh, actually, has Sphinx been on? Uh, yeah, yeah. 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 Crash Bandicoot. Yes, that's right. I knew he had been. I couldn't place what game it was. Uh, uh, Crash Bandicoot. Uh, you know, so so they've been guests, but they're not necessarily the pros if you will, which I'm sure they are both angry that I said that, but uh, get a retro show and then you're a pro. (laughs) As much music as we do when it comes to retro video games. Yeah, so it was an interesting uh, listening to their approach when it comes to to, uh, all this video game music. Uh, But yeah, it's a free episode. So if you go to patreon.com slash gamezilla media, there's a... Patreon's weird. There's a search bar at the top for finding different, uh, you know, like companies or or organizations to support on patreon but there's a search bar below that for uh searching each individual patreon and what you can do is just uh type in snake court and uh the snake court gathered to uh pass judgment on super nintendo versus sega genesis soundtracks and it's a free episode so make sure to track that down uh Aside from that, we also in our Discord have uh, our community playthroughs that we're doing lately. So make sure to join and uh, find out how you can play old video, old RPGs with us. Yeah, we uh, we started Star Ocean. We're about uh, a month into it right now. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, it. 
as of recording this, I've just barely started. So it seems really daunting to think about the fact that, like, you know, by the time <laughs> this releases, it'll be about, you know, halfway over or whatever. Uh, but, uh, guys, I think that we've covered just about everything. Uh, do you suppose it's time that we uh, go ahead and sign off? Sounds good to me. Well, everyone, we'll see you next time. When the, when the legend, legend continues. continues.